The transformation of a raw coffee bean to a magically delicious drink is a perfect metaphor for what happens at Dirt Coffee, an awesome social enterprise in the Denver metro area. You'll enjoy this conversation with Executive Director Katerina Huey about how her and her team are preparing neurodivergent people to enter the workforce and at the same time how they help companies tap into this great sphere of potential employees on this episode of Making Our World Better. Welcome to the Making Our World Better podcast, where you will find motivation and encouragement through lively conversations with inspirational people who every day are making our world a better place. Now, here's your host, Jay Clark. Welcome to the podcast. I am Jay Clark, and I'm excited to have a conversation with Katarina Huey, Executive Director of Dirt Coffee, an awesome nonprofit social enterprise whose mission is to increase meaningful, integrated employment opportunities for neurodivergent folks in the workforce. In the Denver metro area, Dirt trains, employs, and empowers neurodivergent folks while systemically revolutionizing inclusive hiring practices. Katarina received her master's in social work in organizational leadership and policy practice from the University of Denver Graduate School of Social Work. She uses evidence-based practices and impact-focused data to create human-centered workspaces and programs that promote disability justice and economic equity. With over a decade of experience advocating for marginalized communities, Katarina has the opportunity to work with a diverse clientele through her work in clinical child welfare to a consortium of foundations and policy reform. I can't wait to get into all of this. Welcome, Kat. Well, hello. Hi, Jay. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, I can't wait to learn more. So start simple. Tell tell me how you would describe Dirt Coffee to somebody that doesn't know anything about it. Okay. Um, I would say that, you know, Dirt something really special. Bring a nonprofit social enterprise means that not only do we have an impact as a business, but we also have a very strong mission guiding the work that we're doing. And putting out in the world, especially when it comes to ultimately reducing underemployment for neurodivergent folks here in Metro Denver, and um, just kind of creating representation and an opportunity to have discussions for um, employers and uh, employees. Well, I have to ask, I love the name. So you have to tell us what DIRT stands for. Yes, I love it. It is Divergent Inclusive Representation Transforms. That's awesome. Yeah, and we say that because really having a culture in a community that appreciates all the unique differences of those and the insights and the perspectives that we in that we bring really does transform our hiring, it transforms our community and it can transform people's lives as well. For sure. And you know the stats for neurodivergent folks um, regarding employment are really more blatantly unemployment are just staggering. Um, so how much of this is like, a? I, th- I think it's like one third, a little less than one third of neurodivergent folks are, are employed. Yeah. Does that sound about right? It does. Yeah. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, just 31% of adults between the age 16 and 64 with a disability are currently employed compared to the 70% of adults without a disability. Right. So how much of that from your experience is just a perception issue more than anything? Because these folks are completely capable of being trained, learning how to do great work um, and finding a, a good place. 
Yeah, I think that's a big piece of it is miseducation and bias. And I think that there was a model before of what we believe people were capable of and a way of hiring too that was really focused on qualification and something that is very much changing right now in our current hiring is that we're starting to understand more that we're looking for candidates that have the skills, that have the experience for the job. And that that does take a different type of thinking that it might not be the person that you kind of were looking for on paper, but then realizing that they really do have what takes to fill that role. And um, as an employer, also being able to create the accommodations that all employees feel comfortable in the workspace. So go back a little bit and talk about how DIRT has evolved since it was formed in 2013 mm-hmm. and some of the programs that you guys are operating today. Yeah, I'd love to. So I think, you know, a lot of people know us as a coffee truck when we first got started, hit the ground running, had a coffee truck. You know, I think that was a very important part of our history of that representation, being in the community, creating awareness, and also just as a nonprofit, you're always wanting to be meeting community needs. And I think as that, you're watching people come out and also help crowdfund for us eventually going brick and mortar in downtown Littleton. And that was really exciting right around the end of 2018. We all know the story of what happens over the next couple of years. But once again, we have an amazing community that shows up for what we're doing. And I think that it also revolutionized within the hospitality industry. And what we were seeing was how um, workers were being perceived and essential workers, you know, that were going and showing up every day to make sure that others are fed and taken care of. And so I think that that was really a, a pivotal moment for us to have a brick and mortar and to be employing and training individuals that were going into this industry and how to do that thoughtfully. Um, and then very excitingly, you know, we've come out really strong and we've really worked on a lot of our programming within the brick and mortar to expand to our second shop at the Mosaic Community Campus in Park Hill. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, it's within those coffee shops that we are able to operate our programs. And I love the coaching piece um, and how your interns and your employees learn skills that can transfer to so many other jobs. So give us some examples of how Working at DIRT really prepares your folks to be a really solid member of the workforce. Yeah, Jay. So that's our, you know, origin program is the internship program that started on the truck and is now inside the coffee shops and the truck as well. It's our inclusive employment program um, where we offer internships for young adults and who are ready to learn, work and grow. And one thing that we um, understand is that not everyone wants to end up working in a coffee shop and that's okay. But I can bet that every one of us has taken something away from the jobs that we've worked. We, you know, what was your first job, Jay? <laughs> I, I I think everybody at some point in their life should work in a restaurant just because you learn you learn how to deal with people. 
You do. You learn that customer service. You learn how to balance several things going on and have that situational awareness, um, how to work as a team. And I think that's exactly what the internship does. We say that we focus on 14 transferable skills and we have evaluation skills. Yeah, 14 transferable skills that we believe that an intern can grow on a scale. And it's one thing that makes our vocational training, I think, very specific is that we are doing an assessment every 30, 60, 90 days based on those skill sets. And really, we can take an intern, you know, that scores a 1.2 to a 3.3. We can add that, you know, and really track what that means for an intern. What that does mean for an intern is after they finish the internship, they have the opportunity to continue in job development. So then they're going resume building, interviews, you know, 90% awesome. of our, yeah, 90% of our interns that end up going through the job development, find a job that they enjoy. 90%. 90%. This is going awesome. back to where we started the conversation. There are many people looking for jobs and capable of having them. Um, and I think that the biggest thing that I would say our internship program does is it builds confidence. For many of our individuals, they have been told that they can't do it. They have spent a lot of time um, feeling that people were judging them. And we have to build that confidence that sometimes we take for granted going in and the things that we've already learned on our jobs. And that confidence of being able to advocate for themselves when they're on the job, it's just... It's life-changing, really. I, what I love about social enterprises are not only the great service that you do, but if you didn't have a good product, it, it wouldn't work. So obviously, you guys are are putting out a good product that the public loves because somebody might come once and go, oh, it's awesome. You know, I went and helped these folks. Sure. But unless it's a good product, um, you know, people wouldn't continue to come back and you guys wouldn't continue to grow. So that has to be an intentional part of the business too, right? It absolutely does. You know, thinking about being environmentally and socially conscious within the business model of coffee and coffee is is its own world as well that we're navigating alongside. So one of the things that we do with the coffee shop is making sure that we are intentionally and directly coffee sourcing. So our roaster is Huckleberry and I'm able to ask, you know, Jason or Cohen, where did this coffee come from? Who's the farmer? You know, tell me a little bit more about last time you were there. That's really important within the coffee industry as well as the representation of the farmers who are growing the coffee um, and what their stories are. And then additionally, you know, just being able to promote the local economy, we're also hiring from inside the, you know, and serving. And I think that that's what makes us really special to go into our second program, the Inclusive Workforce Employer Program. Um, And this one really focuses on working with employers around their disability hiring practices so they can also, you know, hire, promote, and retain workers. You know, many times employers are like, oh, we're so excited to tap into this labor pool. We're like, that's great. We are too. Right. And you possibly, probably already have quite a few people working that are neurodivergent and maybe just kind of figuring out how can you retain them or help them be their best on their at their jobs. So what I love about this is the coffee shop is almost just a platform to teach other businesses how to, you know, improve their workforce by using your people. And, and learning from the principles that you guys have learned in operating your business. Absolutely. It goes back to that representation, right? Not only are Fabulous. we saying, hey, this is how we can do the work, 
we're walking the walk, we are doing it in our shop every day. Um, I think that also garners a respect for local business owners oh, yeah. really show up with a passion for the businesses that they bring every day and that they are that I, that we are going through the same challenges as they are right now economically, that we also are looking to hire, that we are looking to serve customers, you know, and make sure that there's an intentional, mindful engagement with the work that we're doing and the coffee that we're serving and what's the story behind it. Right. You know, I think that you have to be at the table to talk to employers. Yeah. Um, and I think that's been something that I think the employers that we've worked with have really respected is that we're not just, you know, the theoretically thinking about this disability justice framework within disability hiring right. and really helping thriving businesses. We are actually doing it as well. With what a challenge it is for people to hire and like you're saying, retain and everything else. That there has to be a lot of businesses that are of that mind that, geez, I need to tap into this. How can I work with, oh, dirt's the place that I can go and learn how to do this, right? Yeah. And really have actionable steps and feel more comfortable. You know, when I'm working with businesses, I don't think that any of them were trying to exclude. I think it's more so that you don't know what you don't know. Right. You know, one thing that I usually say when I'm meeting with a business, are you a coffee or tea drinker, Jay? I'm a tea guy. You're a tea guy. Perfect. <laughs> so, you know, I always like to say that I'm going to say, hey, Jay, I would love you to go and pick me up some coffee from the local grocery store. And you get to the coffee aisle and see all these choices. And you're like, man, I don't know, but I know tea. So I'm just going to grab a really great tea. Kat's going to love it. I'm going to bring it uh -huh. back. Right. So you bring uh -huh. back your tea to me and I'm like, this is great, Jay. Next time, I would like to tell you that I love a Costa Rican natural process, taste of chocolate and citrus. You're like, okay. So next time you go to the grocery store, you're like, what I'm looking at here. Right. Identify it and I can pick a great coffee. So you pick a coffee for me. It's going to be a good coffee. I've given you those notes and right. that education behind it. And you feel more confident now that you can actually engage in that and have the terminology and the language. That's what we want to do for employers is get them comfortable because I know that it is something that they are interested in and they're getting a lot of information. But how? What are those next steps? How do they get comfortable with that hiring practice? And, the you know, even neurodivergent is still a term that is um you know, it was coined in the 1990s by Judy Singer, but I think that there's still a lot of intentional learning behind what that term encompasses. Yeah, but you guys can lead people down that path and lead them to find the right person, just like you could lead me to find the right coffee. I hope so. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, there's always a risk to growing, but you guys are obviously onto something if you're opening new locations. So Talk about really what went into when you wanted to take that leap, A, to start your first brick and mortar place, and then B, the second one. Yeah. Opening brick and mortars. Um, you know, I think that first and foremost always comes the mission of what we're doing. And 
we were having the vocational training on the truck and there's a capacity limit to what we can do there um, in terms of the programming too that we're building out. So I think that we knew we wanted to grow the programming and to a three months model that's a paid internship on site, um, really being able to engage in different positions within the shop. So we can do that at a brick and mortar. And that led us to opening the shop in downtown Littleton and just a very welcoming community yeah. just on small businesses and support and taking the time to get to know the community. I sit on the Littleton Downtown Development Authority, nice. and the business of Chamber, Hoodlum here is her acronym. Um, and I think just really getting time to understand what it would take to go from a truck to a brick and mortar. That is, I always like to talk about like restaurants and cafes. We reset every day. We have to every bring day. every day. We reset, you know, opposed to some businesses. Um, and so that that it's it's a living, working thing and moving all the time. And we felt really good about that. Uh, with my background in nonprofit, I have had an amazing opportunity to work with different communities. And previously, I was working with immigrants and refugees in Aurora. Oh, and, wow. I, and I love the community. And I knew when I was, I knew that I wanted us to tap into a very, I think, underserved and under-resourced community when it comes to talking about the intersectionality of disability and black and brown folks. Yeah. And I say that because it, in my own experience as well, disability can be very invisible and still something that is talked about at home. Mm -hmm. And it's private and can be very isolating. And we see that a lot in the disability community. And I wanted to bring what we've learned about representation, being out and about, and just having conversations that happen naturally. And coffee does that. That's why it's such a beautiful thing. Uh -huh. You know, when you're when you're over and asking us about a drink, you also are like, what's going on with this mission here? Oh my gosh, let me learn more about that. And then right. on the shop and you're seeing the neurodivergent model on the wall and you're seeing interns working and taking your order. You know, I just knew that that was really important for me. And I think like the short answer was, you know, I really felt like that was important and integral to our work. And I started looking for that second shop um, in 2021 and a friend of mine, actually Jose over at Buco West, um, was like, Hey, come and see this location. So I went out to their like Morrison and I was like, Hey, I'm here. And they're like, no, we're not there. We're yeah. over in Raquel. And I was like, Oh my gosh, no. You know? So I like drove out as quickly as possible. And they took me onto the formerly known Johnson and Wales campus. And the moment I stepped on the campus, I was like, this is wonderful. They were telling me it was going to be a work, live, learn, yeah. that it really was integral to all the facets of what we value in our mission of creating affordable places where people can work, live and learn, build community. I just saw it all come together so quickly. So we're early adopters at what's now is the Mosaic Community Campus. And, oh, part awesome. and once again, this goes back to being being present and having that representation 
everybody in that community has been so great already. So welcoming to work with other organizations um, within the East Colfax neighborhood in East Denver and sharing resources. That's something I've always loved so much um, that I think is so special to Colorado and, you know, locally is organizations really do partner here and yeah. share resources and come support one another. Um, and that's already happening organically and feels like it was meant to be for us there. That's awesome. Well, and I love it because the inclusion part just makes it better for every everybody. I mean, it's definitely great for the for the neurodivergent folks, but having them involved at the table just makes everything so much better. Um, so I, I love that. But when you look back now, you know, what have been some some leadership principles that you've had to lean on through the years to through this growth and and through this metamorphosis of this organization? I think a couple of things for me, a very important reason people come to work for nonprofits is because they want voice. They want to be heard. They want to share. That is so important. I think that that's something for my team is I want everyone's perspective, no matter which role you're working in. We have even, we have a team meeting every month where we all get together and we talk about what's going on. And then every other month we just get together to go do something socially. But I think the reason I say that is that it is really important to always acknowledge our different experiences and perspectives. Yep. I might think something one way because of mine, and then somebody's like, whoa, 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 but did you think about it this way? Or did you think about maybe adding this term here? And I was like, oh, I didn't. And they teach me something new, and I think vice versa. So I think that's been a really important part of being a leader, is leading with everyone that's together. Um, one of and my then, favorite ones is great leaders great leaders listen first and they're there just to serve their teammates so so that's awesome absolutely listen first clarify and then get yeah. to work <laughs> and then i think the other part i always say is taking calculated risks mm. it's there isn't always going to be an easy answer to some things. And at the end of the day, if you are investing in great people and a great mission, and you know that that's your North Star, you won't have scope creep. You won't find yourself going after things that don't fit or are in line. So that way you can stay focused on your priorities. But you have to do that by taking calculated, well thought out risks, you know, and believing that you are you are destined to succeed if you care passionately about what you do. That is great advice yeah. for anybody in any business, nonprofit or other. Um, so this is this one's a tough one. Um, but do you have some favorite success stories that you could share? I'm sure it's hard to just whittle it down to a few, but anything you could share would be awesome. I do. I do. I mean, I sometimes think the small successes that just fill our cup is our intern graduation. We are so lucky we get to do, you know, three of those a year. And watching an intern come from day one, where they're very nervous, right. they're not saying very much, to sharing their whole day with you and what they're excited for and upcoming, to getting in front of a group of people and sharing their speech. For a lot of our interns, they haven't even had that opportunity to participate in a graduation. So we have, wow. we invite all their friends and family. They walk the stage. They get their certificate. You know, it, we've had family members fly in all the uh. way from New York 
celebrate a graduation. Like it's really like, it's so magical. It's the thing that fills my cup repeatedly. But then we have the tangible success stories of individuals. We had one individual that came to us after, you know, very honestly speaking, Jay, a pretty um, toxic Mm. workplace that said things and did things that were not Mm. okay. And really broke this person's confidence. So having them come through the internship, they went to another job. Also, it happened again, but this time they were like, no, I can do that. And I will do that and advocated for what they needed and came to us and we were like, yes, that's amazing. It's working. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then like my last one is that it's not just the jobs too. There is a social impact to being with your community integrated with representation and seen and heard. And one of our interns, you know, has been looking for a job for many years and going through the internship finally felt like it wasn't just the job that they were going to go after. They got their driver's license. They're looking at getting an apartment on their own, really transforming their life. It didn't just stop. And I think that that just goes to for all of us, our jobs give us meaning mm-hmm. and purpose. We show up for them. They matter. And everyone who wants that experience should be able to Yeah, be a the part dignity of your work is, is a big thing. So what is it that really gets you excited about the future of, of Dirt Coffee? Our programs. I think that it's so exciting every time we get to invest in individuals and communities from an internship individually to the employers and really thinking about just, you know, hiring Mm -hmm. practice in general to the community and awareness. We started with the coffee truck and I feel like it's just a really nice place to come back around is that we have re-envisioned our coffee truck to be more intentional and For me, it was partnering with organizations and being invited in. So being invited in by organizations and attending their events, offering coffee and pastries with always intern and staff with representation on the truck and just being around to have the conversation and just always be reminding that there is still a lot of work to be done creating uh-huh. awareness for neurodivergent folks and disabled folks in the community, making sure that little changes have a big uh-huh. impact. You know, I'm sure that we've talked about the curb effect and that, you know, we brought curbs to help individuals using wheelchairs. And now we all couldn't imagine a sidewalk right. without a curb for rollers, for walking right. our dogs, for everything that we do. You know, those small changes happen when we're looking at being inclusive and accessible. And every one of our programs and working with everybody, they are a drop in a bigger, you know, lake ocean of change. And that's what's so exciting to me. That's super inspiring. Well, as we wind down, I just have a few left for you, but I, I always love to ask, what's something that you will read, listen to, or watch today? I am reading Reaffirming Disability at the moment, and I love it. It is an amazing book, a case study on immigrant and refugee, 
refugee families in the educational mm. system navigating disability um, and cultural and linguistic differences. I kid you not. It's I go to sleep reading that book, um, you know, before. And yeah, I think, uh, you know, I'll probably be watching The Last of ah. Us. Yeah. In that train. <laughs> so who would you say has been a role model for you um, in your career up to this point? I don't know if there's like a single person that I attribute but I do think it's having had amazing leadership um, that I saw what it meant to really care about the person, people you work with, um, to think of work as not just something I come and do, but that is a part of who I am. And to care so much about that. And I've been very fortunate that people have taken the time to also invest in me. So I want to do that with others. Everyone that comes through, I want to offer them professional growth and development always. I want to see their um, attributes and really encourage them to go further because people have done that for me. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here without that. And I'm super I love thankful. It, paying it forward. So other than dirt coffee, is there an organization out there that you really admire the work they're doing or want to give a shout out to? There's just so many great ones there. And they all, and we all like, that's the beautiful thing is that we all fill different right. niches, which is so lovely because yeah. not one person can do it all. You know, we're focused on um, workforce development, but you have people who are changing the experience in general for dining out, like brewability. You have organizations that are thinking about health equity along with disability guided by humanity. You have organizations that are also working on that intersectionality, show and tell, a group of Vita. Um, gosh, and then there's just organizations that I think are um, God, this is so hard. There's so many organizations. It's such a stupid question. Um, you know, I just like to think like within disability too, like there's just so many amazing organizations and just thinking that it takes all of us because our life is so multifaceted and dimensional, you know, and then kind of coming together, you know. So, man, I could probably give you a laundry list. I'm thinking of so many names, but I'm like, okay, oh, yeah, you can't just wait. That's great. It's true. There are so many, and, and I agree. It it, it creates <laughs> a circle so that each one is uh, helps lift each other up. So, it's wonderful. My yeah. last one: if anybody wants to learn more about Dirt Coffee, support you, volunteer. Where's where's the best way for them to find you? Oh, that's wonderful. Um, we're very active on social media, on Instagram and Facebook. Of course, we have a website. And most importantly, we're exciting as a nonprofit because you can actually tangibly yeah. meet with us every single day at our coffee shop. Come visit us, come buy a cup of coffee and know that you're supporting amazing work that goes beyond yeah. that cup of coffee. Um, and, you know, you may see an intern or staff working at the bar, come say hi um, and encourage them. You know, I think it's just really exciting that there's multiple ways to get in contact with us and be able to as well work with us. We definitely take on volunteers through the year. We have three events um, and one's coming up in April. Our fans and friends uh, trivia night, 
which is focused on celebrating Autism Awareness Month. And it just feels really right that it's a trivia night, you know, thinking about the different ways we think and learn and play when it comes to that. And then in June, we have our Dig Deep block party. I think going back to that community, we invite all of our vendors, all the community members, have bands out. Like we've held this and people are always like, oh, we're going to do this every Saturday. And I was like, no. (laughs) It's a really great time to come out and see the community and interact. And then our last one, of course, is our annual gala take root in October. And so we're always looking for volunteers and attendees to all of our events. And that information can be found on our website. Awesome. We'll put all that in the show notes along with addresses to go for the two locations. Uh, Can't wait to go visit one myself. Kat, keep up the great work. So impressed by what you guys are doing Um, and, and know the great things are on the horizon for you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here, Jay, and being able to share, you know, something that just means so much to me personally and that I know um, impacts, you know, those all around us. One in four people have a disability in the U.S. and it's likely someone you care or love very near you. Um, So, you know, let's all join in this allyship and make a difference. I love your passion shines through and I love it. So just keep going. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And I hope you're inspired by Kat's passion for her work. This podcast has been brought to you by JC Charity Services. We help build great organizations. Learn how we can help you at makingourworldbetter.com. To learn more about Dirt Coffee in their two locations, visit dirtcoffee.org and follow them on social media. Check the show notes for links. And if you enjoyed this podcast, we'd be grateful if you'd leave a review and share it with a friend. Until next time, I hope you're inspired to find a way to make our world better. 